1981, Bob and Doug McKenzie released their own version of a classical Christmas song. What was the name of the song? I don't even know who they are. <laughs> no, nor do I, but the, not the song you'll know. What's the, what was the song about Dave? Well, I can't give you too many clues. I might as well just give you the song. <laughs> Successes in the Mind is proud to have partnered with and be supported by the Great British Entrepreneur Awards and Community, a programme that recognises, celebrates, supports, encourages and champions entrepreneurs in Great Britain. Hello and welcome to Success is in the Mind. I'm Oliver Bruce and if you're new to the show, we'll be discussing with current owner entrepreneurs about their failures, mistakes, passion and persistence in the face of business adversity. Not all entrepreneurs, however, have completed their vision just yet. Some are just starting out, and I want to give you a sense of business reality in a world full of idealism. So what does it take to become successful, to grow a brand or to start a business? Join me to hear from those that are currently doing just that. As always, you can reach the team and I via the website bizpodcast.co.uk, that is with a Z, or tweet me at Bruce underscore biz. Coming up in this episode, I will be speaking to co-founders Adam Chowdhury and Eloise Frank about why they packed it all in with their big London corporate company to go and bake cakes. With fun, creativity, accessibility, and of course, taste at the heart of the big London bake, I decided myself to add some festive fun and cheer. Not only will you be learning about how to avoid a soggy bottom and start a profitable business, but in this episode, Adam and Eloise will go head to head in our Christmas quiz. Recorded in November, when quite literally nobody felt Christmassy, how hard can it be? Ladies and gentlemen, co-founders of the big London bake, Adam and Eloise. So Adam, Eloise, welcome to the show. This show is called The Great British Christmas Special. I'm sure you'll figure out later as to why it's called that. You started your business in 2017. You co-founded it in 2017. You're the UK's first and only baking competition. How did you find a gap in the market for that? (laughs) Um, Well, that kind of all started with Adam and I working together um, in our previous roles. And we decided to organise an office sort of baking competition. Um, We thought it was a good way to get the team together. We sort of themed it all around uh, Halloween and we got super competitive where we all went off and baked our own cakes and invited different teams from around the office to to come and judge them all and I think sort of my main aim was just to kind of beat Adam and we realized how sort of fun it fun it was getting competitive but then that's where it kind of all started and got our minds really thinking because we then sort of thought how good it was how creative everyone got and we thought it'd be fun to find something to actually take the team to and that's where we sort of discovered cookery schools but they were all quite serious they were quite lengthy fee sort of about three hours long and quite pricey as well whereas um we wanted something that was more based sort of around the fun and and making baking more accessible so that's where we just realized there was a we thought there was a gap in the market and and that's where the first idea kind of came from okay and you'll say you're competitive so you and adam you you like to compete against each other right i I mean we're so competitive that when the baking competition came up I, i mean i can't bake uh, <laughs> at all, <laughs> right. uh, and I and I, I definitely couldn't bake back then. But I was still convinced I'd be able to beat Eloise, despite her 
actually having some skills in that arena. He didn't. But. No. Well, it goes without question. <laughs> but you might be able to win on this spectacular Christmas quiz, which I downloaded from page one of Google. Um, there's, there's nine different questions. I couldn't find one with ten, so we're going to have to go with this one. Um, throughout this episode, I'm going to fizz in some questions related specifically to Christmas. And, uh, and whoever wins will get a bottle of Brucey beer, which is essentially a bottle of ale with my face on it. <laughs> okay. okay, so it's a, it's a big prize. Adam, I'm hoping you're going to win this, seeing as you're not very good at baking. Um, <laughs> but, but kind of going back, let's bring it back to the business. Going, going back to, I suppose, when you started, you both worked for IAG Cargo, but you both then decided to go into baking. Talk to me about that transition. Uh, well, that, I mean, I'd been at British Airways previously, then IAG, um, for 10 years, and... Um, Eloise joined the team that um, I was in, and we just um, we just got along really really well. We we were working on projects um, around the world, uh, working with you know lots of celebs and fancy launches and bits and bobs, and it was uh, great fun. Uh, but what you do find whenever you uh, work on film shoots or uh, photo shoots is that you tend to have a lot of time, a lot of downtime. So whoever you're with, you you end up talking about the most random shit that um, <laughs> could possibly come up. Um, and and that's and that's kind of where me and Eloise started. We were just you know talking about ideas, and and I've always had a deep passion to want to go do something myself. And and Eloise is incredibly entrepreneurial. Uh, in her own right and we both just sort of continually discussed this idea following uh, doing a baking competition in the office and we, we kept coming back to it and and you know within a few months of uh, doing the baking competition at work and then discussing it we we decided we'd give it a go which is which was quite quick but I think we were quite confident in the idea so we, we, we kind of went from you know those silly chats every day to thinking by the end of the you know this is actually quite a good idea we'd love to give it a go so so who was the actual entrepreneur out of the two then was it Eloise that you took the plunge and you said we're going to make this into a business or Adam was it you that sort of put the pressure on um, I'd say it was I mean it was a little bit of both of us I think Adam was more the one that I would say maybe the pusher in the scenario of you know come on let, let, let's <laughs> we, we can do this um I think because Adam had been at his job a little bit longer than I had because I just kind of settled in and found my feet but then we both really loved this idea we started um talking about it Adam kind of raised it with me first but I think I was the one that said well look if we're going to do this we need to really work it out kind of financially and in and, and terms of a business model and that's where I kind of we wanted to sit down and really kind of work all the numbers out create the actual concept and and work out how it would work as to be a viable business model so that's where we started coming up with uh creating these 90 minute sessions working out how many we'd need to run sort of a day and in a, in a and in a week and, and coming up with the whole entire sort of concept and, and that planning part and I think that was a real a real combined effort there and do you think the fact that the Great British Bake Off obviously is such a phenomenon now that's made baking quite cool so obviously what you guys are doing now is quite cool it's quite instagrammable you've got nearly forty thousand followers on instagram has that been a massive catalyst to your marketing i mean the, the one of the best things about our marketing especially both of us coming from marketing backgrounds is is we spend hardly anything on it um which is <laughs> genius yeah which is kind of the dream in in many ways um so whilst we do a, you know we 
do everything from podcasts um, to um, what we do on Instagram and social media, um, as well as doing some paid advertising. Um, a lot of it is if we offer a fantastic experience, uh, word of mouth is incredibly persuasive uh, and incredibly important. So people do come and join us and then have so much fun, tell their friends and they're back a month later, but with a group three times the size. And and that's it. If we're doing something well, then people should be talking about us. And, and that's that's really been our approach so far. So it's a lot about uh, word of mouth retention. But most importantly, um, Adam, what Christmas beverage is also known as milk punch? <laughs> oh, I, know. I don't know. Which one, Louise? Is it, is it eggnog? Adam, what's your answer? Oh, I was going to say eggnog, but I couldn't think of the oh, word. Yeah. So Louise has got it. <laughs> That is that is the right answer there. So that is that is one one point each there to A and E. But no, going back into the whole business side of things, how's the current pandemic affected you guys? Because having competitions, you need to have taste tests, that kind of thing. You can't really do that virtually, can you? Well, we we, we kind of treated lockdown as an opportunity to pause and improve our events. So we had. Um, a construction team come in and completely remodel the event because you're absolutely right we don't we're not able to offer our full experience when we're in lockdown but we know that the moment we're out of lockdown people want to come and do something social so we took the opportunity to be ready to come back and you know most businesses never get two three months off to have their event you know updated without disturbing customers and disturbing you know revenue so so we chose to take it as an opportunity to really improve what we did we expanded our venue upgraded it significantly new equipment so when people came back we were you know more ready than ever and then we chose to use that time to like you say engage with our instagram uh, followers put out free baking classes and our our channel grew substantially we added nearly thirty thousand followers during the first lockdown just because we had some incredible press out there. We were weekly in the Daily Mail, just with fantastic things you can do at home. And it was all free. We didn't charge for anything. It was just simply, we thought, well, if everyone else is bored, we might as well provide some sort of entertainment to get people through it. And, and we found quite a loyal following online who decided to sort of engage with us on that. Because how, how do you structure your business? Because you started with, what, three members of staff. You've got 24 now. What, what are their roles within the firm? Yeah, so we um, when we initially started, um, it was Adam and I, and then we we realised that we needed a an expert in the baking side, developing all these recipes, and then we quickly grew. So we needed um, assistance to come on and join us. So in terms of the operational side of our business, if you want to sort of structure it like that, in that we would have head bakers that lead each shift and run each shift. We then have sort of three assistants on them with a the time, but because we run four shifts a day, we do need to have kind of multiple shifts within a day. So that. Team as we got busier and we started opening seven days a week in London to kind of keep up with the demand, we obviously grew to sort of about 13 staff members working, some full-time, some part-time in London. We then opened up our second site in Birmingham in December last year. So then we took on sort of another um, six employees there. And then we also um, took on a a couple of staff members that help us on sort of the head office side. So we have um, sort of our, our business development manager who looks after a lot of our um, corporate customers, our marketing. And then we've recently brought on um, a sort of site founder and a manager who helps us in kind of looking for new sites and setting those up. So how did you learn to do that? Because you guys obviously you've been from a marketing background, you've been employed. How did you know how to scale and structure a business from day one? Um, this is probably a mixture of the entrepreneurial side that was outside side of our professional lives and when we were younger we set up our own smaller companies I was sort of selling mobile phones I worked in sales for 
uh, phones for you rest their soul for quite a long time and and equally Eloise worked in the restaurant trade and I mean even I'm not going to bring up the fancy dress days Eloise no but... you are <laughs> I literally was going to say is he about to drop <laughs> well, you, you can't say that Adam and then scoot around it I, I feel I can say it and then I'll let Eloise fill in the rest that would probably be better okay <laughs> Eloise so um, there was a period where I used to dress up as a well-known character from Frozen. It's very apt for the Christmas podcast, though. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so no, I used I used to do that various appearances at sort of children's birthday parties and and, and host those. So. Oh, you were being paid to do it. It wasn't just for fun then. Yeah, well, it wasn't just for fun. I didn't just go around. It was <laughs> a genuine job. I did wonder, but Eloise, the Christmas-themed ballet premiered in St. Petersburg in Russia in 1892. What was it called? Oh, I think I have this one. Um, the Nutcracker? Oh, God damn it. Adam, are you going to answer second? Again? <laughs> I 100% was going to say Nutcracker, I promise you. I had that You're one. You're stealing my answers. <laughs> okay, so, so far it's to all. Go back to the frozen um, element in terms of when you were, you, you were obviously entrepreneurs when you used to a certain extent because you did things to make money outside of your day-to-day job, I'm assuming. Is that one of the main reasons that it's it's grown how it's grown? Because you've always sort of pushed boundaries? Yeah, I, was, I just think all of those all of those things that we were doing, we were kind of learning um, how to balance our time, how to do stuff outside of work, things that we really enjoyed, but also we picked up more skills along the way. So, you know, the marketing side, we had risen quite senior within IAG by the time we left. So it, it wasn't just marketing that we'd learned. We'd, you know, I, I was managing quite a significant team by the time I'd left and I'd grown that side of the business. Um, and there was quite substantial revenue under that. Um, so I'd learned a lot on that side, but when it came to our personal lives, um, my dad's an entrepreneur, Eloise's father did very, very well as well. So we've both picked up skills that have, and, and we've both had families that have continually encouraged us to go out and get jobs from a very early age, um, to partake in extracurricular activities that, you know, ways that we could earn money off things. And, and we were doing both of those things from quite a young age. Um, so we, we definitely were learning everything from, I know it sounds silly, but Eloise was in Pizza Hut as her first job and she was learning about everything from food prep to customer service. And, you know, she was you know, superb at that job. And she learned things in the same way when I was in sales, I was learning ways to interact with customers and, you know, how to turn customers around. So it sounds like silly bits of learning on their own, but all those dots really do join up to today. So we'd pick that all up. So by the time we got there, we thought, actually, we have got the hunger, we've got the interest in doing it. But a lot of that isn't just from the professional side, it's from the things we did outside of business that I think were really added value for us. Are you looking for a PR company that can evaluate your brand profile and execute effective communications? Well, Blocks and PR, who work with some of the largest brands in the fashion, field sports and luxury lifestyle sectors, can do exactly that. Developing long-term relationships is at the heart of the Blocks and ethos. Combining big thinking with big results, they simply never miss a trick, and they certainly didn't miss a trick, by partnering with us for Series 2. Check them out at blocksandpr.com. We'll get back to the festive frolics shortly. Coming up in the next episode, however, I will be speaking to Richard Loden, lifetime entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Green Motion, a car rental company with some of the lowest CO2 emitting vehicles on the road today. Here's what you can expect. 
I negotiated with the bailiffs and they left me with a, a desk, a chair and a filing cabinet and a telephone. They went off with absolutely everything else. The exposure to the owner of the business was so substantial he couldn't survive it and with his blessing he gave me the uh, essentially the client database and the, uh, the candidate database and I continued the business under another name for another two and a half years. So what was your childhood like then? You say that Eloise and yourself, your parents were both very successful. Now, what did they do and how did they motivate you to, to keep pushing on and to actually become a success yourself? Because so many entrepreneurs, you know, have had parents in businesses that have given them a sort of step up to a certain extent. Did they do that or did you make it yourself? I think for for myself, like I've seen my father be sort of very successful in, in his career and then he actually decided to take voluntary redundancy and start up his own business. So I saw his life kind of flip in, in that respect and sort of work very hard and all of a sudden go from, you know, not going on holiday for years at a time because it was he was just a one man band and that it was his his business. So I saw that real kind of dedication and and how it's it's really all encompassing when you very much start up your own your own business. I think then for my mum's she's been very influential to me because my mum's actually um sort of a trained chef and and so she was always cooking always baking hence the baking yeah it's something that I got a lot of sort of influence of and and one of the things when we were creating our concept was that you know we were very much creating a brand a concept and an event but it was an experience but it was an experience obviously that had to work logistically in in the way of kind of um the recipe and how long that can take so one of the things that we thought of was that for example what takes a long time is actually finding the right recipe and then getting all of those ingredients and preparing those ingredients. So in order to really get the time down so that we could host these really seamless sessions back to back being 90 minutes long was that we would actually have to spend a lot of time developing those recipes. We would pre-weigh all of the ingredients so that all of the kind of um, sort of hard and, and quite boring part was done for you <laughs> and that you would just get to come to our event, everything would be beautifully sort of laid out for you. And then you just got to do the fun part and actually put it all together and then get really creative at the end. So I think sort of touching on what Adam was saying, I think it's when we actually look back, it's all of these sort of little experiences, the things we've done in our lives has all kind of come together in the form of what we actually do now. Even though if you kind of asked us, I think 10 years ago, would we be running a baking event? We'd both sort of look at each other quite funnily and think, uh, no, I, I never would have done that. <laughs> because it must have taken a certain element of seed capital to to start the business, how much investment did it take and, and where did you get the money from? We invested originally with £70,000, um, of which 25000 for each of us came from a government loan scheme that exists, the Startup Loans Company, um, and they offer very, very good terms. Um, they are incredibly willing to discuss new ideas, uh, something we found out quite quickly that banks aren't. Um, so we spent a lot of time with three or four major banks, and whilst the capital wasn't necessarily that large in our eyes for the banks they were unwilling to test something like our concept which is fairly new and you know a different business case to what they'd usually see so we managed to get um, a loan from the startup loans company and then we each invested some money ourselves that we you know earned through our careers and then from there we you know had a quite short runway to ensure we had some capital coming in so we didn't have to invest anymore. Because what was your burn rate then? 70k, how quickly would you use that up? Oh, uh, we would have done it in the first two months of operating if we didn't have any customers. <laughs> you must be very good at marketing to be able to generate revenue within two months. Well, 
that was a big part of our strategy, wasn't it? Was because our background was sort of PR. Um, it was the one thing that we wanted to do organically ourselves. And that's what we spent a lot of time doing was sort of thinking about it from, like you mentioned earlier, sort of we wanted it to look very visual. We wanted people to naturally share what they would be doing on social media and have that kind of organic reach. But then we um, thought about all of the kind of outlets that we'd want to actually be on. And so we did all of that and we reached out to a reached out to them we wrote our own press release we would invite people down and we we tried to kind of do a real hard push on that at the beginning because it was all about getting our name out there for us in terms of burn rates okay so you had two months now this is a quick christmas song about the number of days <laughs> in 1981 bob and doug mckenzie released their own version of a classical christmas song what was the name of the song i don't even know who they are <laughs> no nor do i but the, the song you'll know <laughs> What's the what was the song about days? Well, I can't give you too many clues. I might as well just give you the song. <laughs> Three, two. It's it's the twelve days of Christmas. Oh, oh right. <laughs> so you both got it wrong. That's excellent. It means you're still drawing. <laughs> oh no. That is but in, in, in what is it? Twenty nineteen twenty. You guys turned over eight hundred k, roughly eight hundred thousand. Since you started, that's that's pretty pretty quick growth. I mean, what does the future look like for you guys? Because the trajectory seems fairly positive. Well, I mean, the the big step we decided to take was when we uh, wanted to leave our jobs. So we we set ourselves a trajectory where we said, what does success look like in terms of customer numbers and ratings and, and obviously a revenue target in there as well um, something we'd be able to sustain our lives as well as all of our staff as well as growth and last year obviously we opened Birmingham which hasn't been factored into those numbers yet ignoring you know the, the 2020 as a whole the year that never happened the year that never happened but the aim is that um, obviously for next year we'll see some more sites coming online in the UK and we want to continue to grow that because we've got a really surprisingly well-known brand and um, we can see how that can really build into a lot of other avenues for us as we grow because people really are seeing us as the home of baking now and we've got a lot of brands on board that sponsor and support us and clearly feel quite um, positive about the direction we're going so we want to maintain you know the customer satisfaction and the um, awards and the um, and the ratings and and as we grow that, continue to add more sites in the UK so more people can use us as a great way to celebrate anything from a hen do to a birthday to a, a, you know, a day out or a date. And when you say open up, so you say open up in Birmingham, for instance, what does that look like? Do you buy real estate, rent real estate, put a sort of workshop in there? Do you franchise it? What does that actually look like? Currently, we rent sites. Um, we're 100% looking to acquire sites as well, if we can, for real estate. And franchising is another thing that we have thought about. Um, we don't think we're there yet because we'd like to make sure we have a number of sites that prove the concept. And, and Birmingham and London are performing very well but we want to add a few more sites to so anyone in the future that may wish to partake in the franchise can look around and say these guys do it repeatedly and i think that's really important for any franchise are you worried about franchising i think we haven't got quite there yet to say that we'd be worried about it yet because we're focused on the kind of our short-term goal would be that in the next kind of two or three years we have sort of about five sites up and running within the UK that are sort of self-funded and fully owned by us so I think franchising is more of our sort of long-term goal if we were looking to expand overseas um, so we're, what we're doing at the moment is kind of you know focusing on really getting all of those processes in the right place you know opening up our own sites having everything that we need in order to prepare our business for franchising and then at the same time we're kind of learning as much as we can about it it's ultimately be a kind of new avenue new route for us to go down and, and something that we'd need to do our sort of research in but that's you know 
it was brand new to us as well when we started our baking business. So I think there's an element of <laughs> being scared, but also being excited about it. Well, I was going to say, what kind of hurdles did you guys come up against, which you just didn't think were going to be a thing because you've never dealt with them before? Oh, gosh, <laughs> Abs- absolutely everything. Buying a marquee? <laughs> yeah, absolutely Abs- absolutely everything you could possibly name uh, was a learning curve for us. So we're good planners, but no matter how hard you plan, things come out of left field for you all the time. So when we were setting up, um, you know, finding a site and then that site not materialising, buying a marquee before your loans come through, getting a loan in the first place is way harder than it should be uh, for people with good ideas. And then it's just the, the biggest hurdle we faced throughout that was we were running both the company and full-time jobs at the same time. And the hurdle of deciding when to go to sleep and when to not be working two jobs all the time, it's I, its something I hear repeatedly. Now, we go to a lot of networking events and we meet a lot of other founders and a lot of people start these side hustles that just take over. And when do you stop one to go with the other? And when do you commit to one, you know, one of these directions is is incredibly difficult and that's the biggest hurdle we faced and you, you guys clearly love what you do and that brings me beautifully onto my next question about one of santa's reindeers it's a famous valentine's day symbol what's the reindeer called oh um <laughs> cupid yes adam got one right oh no adam did a th- there we go adam's got one right oh my god i can't believe it i've got one right i can i can finish this podcast now happily look at that that's outstanding at what point guys when you jump ship did you actually start to take a salary because that's one of the hardest things for any entrepreneur to do is to actually take a sustainable salary well we we took a the, the moment we'd both left our jobs we were taking salaries from the business and our aim and goal was to take nothing whilst we both had full-time jobs and that allowed us to build up some really good cash reserves uh, we don't have any debt on the business we paid off our loans that we took out initially very quickly in the first year so our whole aim was if we're going to take this leap let's make sure there's enough of a cushion underneath to support everyone that works for us and the business and expansion um, so we only really started taking salaries um, middle of uh, not last year, year before, did anything really start coming out of the business. And that proved to be wise, especially with this year, ensure that the business was resilient enough to get through anything. We come from the airline industry, so we know Thank what... God you jumped at the time you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know how regularly crises come along, so we want to make sure that we're ready to weather, you know, good times and bad. I, I suppose, at what point then did you make a profit, or have you been making a profit from day one? Because actually, it strikes me as quite a quite a lucrative business with pretty decent margins. Yeah, um, that day one, it, it was it was making money we'd professionally we'd been doing events around the world for for years um so we knew everything from the right suppliers to setups to things that would last and things that wouldn't and i think if someone that hadn't done events before may spend um three four times the amount we did in setting up our sites but ours are set up very cost efficiently while whilst being of the absolute highest quality they can be so there's there's no waste and and everything is as good as it can get but we just don't waste money and and, and that means that we were set up in a way that we could, you know, we, we pay our staff very, very fairly. Um, we make sure we've got the best equipment in-house. So we put our money in the right places rather than, you know, wasting it on, on inefficiencies or spending too much setting up. With regards to mistakes, etc., that you guys have made, what's been the biggest mistake, apart from yourself, Adam, with your cakes not rising, <laughs> have you ever made? When you work in events, you do come up with sort of little hurdles every single day. <laughs> so it's always about trying to find their solution. I think 
you can't obviously contingency plan for everything. So what's happening now in 2020 is probably the, the biggest battle we've had to overcome. But the previous year, we had trouble where we had to close because of some storms before, because the weather was just that bad that, you know, we are based in a marquee. So um, as much as we can put contingencies in place to keep the marquee warm and compete sheltered if there's really really adverse weather conditions we just can't open would that be a mistake or an accident <laughs> yeah it's more of a challenge isn't yeah, it <laughs> no. have you ever put money in the wrong place or hired the wrong person or put you know cinnamon in a cake when you didn't mean to I, I was gonna i was gonna say one of the things that we learned quite early on is is and we are very fussy people when it comes to the quality of staff that work for us but is to ensure that you you make decisions quickly and that often your gut feeling as long as you have enough time to sleep on something is probably probably correct um because you know we're very lucky with with having you know two founders rather than one you always have someone to bounce your thoughts off of like you do in the quiz (laughs) like we do in the (laughs) quiz yeah eloise answers something i can also answer the question but yeah we, we we have someone to to bounce it off. So when it comes to staff issues in the past, I think initially we may have taken four, five, six weeks to make a decision on whether someone was right for the business or not. Whereas we've really dramatically moved that forward now. We know when people are right or not right for the business and we're making fussier and fussier choices each time it comes to hiring to make sure we have exactly the right people representing us because our our reputation and brand is incredibly important. And I think that extends to something we were talking about earlier, which was when we decided to, you know, jump from the main job. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we made is we waited too long. We We were too nervous for too long. And I think if we jumped earlier we would be further ahead than we are. Deciding to quit a very lucrative, well-paying job and then do that twice for both myself and Eloise's job is quite a hard decision, but we should have made it quicker. No, your, your gut is always right. And, and, and with regards to what Christmas decoration was originally made uh, out of strands of silver, go with your gut on this one, Adam. What was the answer? Tin- tinsel? Yes! 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 <laughs> yes! Your gut is always right. Is that what you were going to say, Eloise? Yeah, I would have said tinsel. <laughs> oh, God, this is... Do you know what? They come out of left field. They Honestly, it's, it's, it's just go with your gut, go with your gut, go with it. Whilst, whilst you're on it... Who played George Bailey in the Christmas classic It's a Wonderful Life? I've never seen that film. (laughs) No, I I don't even know what it is. Jimmy Stewart. Of course it was. (laughs) I mean, you've spoken about targets and numbers and and sort of structure of business and splitting workload, but, you know, is for you guys, what does success actually look like? Is it having time? Is it having a business which is making lots of money? Is it having lots of stuff? At what point will you guys go, yeah, we're successful now. But we've been asked that uh, question a few times before, and uh, thankfully the answer doesn't really change, which is it's certainly just about quality of life and general happiness. Um, and we we've come we've come from two very stressful jobs previously, which we both thoroughly enjoyed and were really you know we th- we think really good at, but the companies weren't run right, and there wasn't an atmosphere that we felt was you know conducive to everyone who worked there being happy. And that's the main thing that we're after for our company is for everyone to be happy and for everyone to enjoy what they do. And we always keep saying whenever anyone ever comes up to us saying, oh, well, you know, if you make a lot of money, are you successful? Money is not a target that you should set for a business. It's an outcome of a business doing its job right. It's it's 100% a byproduct. If you do everything you aim to do, which for us is offer the best baking or experience full stop in the UK. If we do that, 
we will be profitable and successful if we have the best staff who love what they do and come to work every day smiley and passionate and, and just adore baking and adore customer service then we'll be successful and if me and Eloise feel uh, happy in ourselves and really confident about the business we will make good decisions and we will continue to grow the business in, in the right direction none of those things are focused on money if we do them the business will be successful and thus we can continue to open up great sites um, across the uk and beyond and if i was an entrepreneur starting a business and i'd never been employed by anybody what would you say to me in terms of when managing staff i'd say one of the things that we we really is important to us in terms of hiring staff is that we tend to go by the mantra of sort of hiring for culture and training for skill um, because that's something that's really important to us because we are ultimately creating an experience and creating a brand so I think yeah um, think what's important to you you know you might need to hire somebody specifically for a certain task but ultimately what you're creating and what's important I think it's yeah kind of hiring right is really important and, and who are you going to trust when you have a small business you know you're going to need to work with people that you really trust to kind of come on board with your with your baby as you're probably going to see it and that's exactly why santa hired this person okay so <laughs> <laughs> what a seg that was that was outstanding <laughs> so who is the spy that hides around the corner in the house reporting to santa if children have been naughty and nice Shelf on the elf. Oh, no, elf no. on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong way. <laughs> Adam, are you going to say the same thing? I've never heard of that person. How I love Christmas. That means it's four all on the scoreboard. Look at that. In the song Frosty the Snowman, what made Frosty's hat... No, what made, what made Frosty come to life? I've sort of given it away there. Um, something to do with his hat. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, but... An old silk hat. There you go. An old silk hat, which is brilliant because you kind of both didn't get that right either. So it's still equal. This is so fair. Like the business co-founders and they share scores and everything. <laughs> Do you trust each other's uh, decisions? If you had to rely on one person to make a decision, like Eloise, Adam, Adam, Eloise, would you be able to go, this one's on you and would it be the right decision? Yeah, I think um, sort of what I said earlier was that we do... We have the same, Adam and I always say, have the same goal in mind. I think that's one thing that we get on. We're very clear. We're very honest. We, we trust each other. But I think we know where each other's kind of maybe strengths are. And, and I think if, yeah, one of us had to make a decision, because we, we trust each other with the small decisions every day. You know, we're not fully involved with completely different tasks and roles. So, you know, Adam will trust what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Likewise, I trust Adam on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think those big decisions that's where it comes uh very helpful to us to have each other in terms of a business partner because we don't make those big decisions by ourselves we make those big decisions collaboratively and, and we discuss those and we're a sounding board to one another so that's something that i think really kind of helps us in driving our business forward it's really inspiring. i mean because recently you guys won the great british entrepreneur award small business entrepreneur of the year but arguably we're about to come to the final question of our <laughs> special, whatever it was called, something about the big quiz of the year, Christmas or something. Now, this is, okay, Adam, you could win this. Eloise, you could also win this. What animated 2004 film is about a train that carries kids to the North Pole on Christmas Eve? Oh, God, I know this one with called? Tom Hanks in it. Oh, Pole, um... Oh, I know, the Pirate Express. Express. <laughs> oh, my... Uh, 
I, I mean, I'm going to have to go to the snickometer there to see who got there first, or VAR. But no, it sounded like you both pretty much drew, which is really irritating, Adam, because I really <laughs> wanted you to win there. But no. Oh, no. But no, you didn't. So it was, you, you both, you both drew. That was brilliant. You both get some ale with my face on. Fair. <laughs> so that's, that's my Christmas present to you. But look, I mean, genius. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on. Where can I find you guys if I want to, if I want to book you for events next year? Well, if you head on to our website, either on thebiglondonbake.com or thebigbirminghambake.com or our Instagram, it's at thebig underscore bakes. We've got all of our upcoming bakes um and you can find out lots more about how you can join us it's a yeah really really fun event brilliant happy christmas guys thanks very much thank you so much thank you so i'm sure you're all eager to learn what the next podcast that you should be listening to is well i am reliably informed that i'm being interviewed funny how the tables have turned on a podcast called from passion to profession which is airing on the 23rd of december 2020 it's available on apple Podcasts, so head over to that subscribe and get a double fix of my dulcet tones go and check it out Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoyed it as much as we did, we would really appreciate it if you could rate it, share it, and subscribe to it. To find out more about the guests featured on Success in the Mind, visit our website, bizpodcast.co.uk. That is with a Z, where you can apply to be on the show, check out the behind-the-scenes content, and keep up to date with what's coming up. Check out our Facebook page by visiting at Pod, or follow me on Twitter at OliverBruce underscore biz. This podcast has been produced by the team at Pinpoint Media. To find out more, visit pinpoint-media.co.uk. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.